0: Of those millennials, special. I'll be your host with the most opinions tonight, Jarrell. The people wanted it. You got me back. Kevin tried to cancel me, and I'm back again. And then I brought friends with me. The creator of Off the Dome podcast is with me. Matthew Goldstein's with me. He is um, I met him at Summer League. Um, super knowledgeable NBA head, future writer, future, just just a future. NBA voice that we're going to be hearing from to come in. Just, just keep a lookout for him. So, how are you doing today, man? How's everything? I, I
1: appreciate the amazing intro. I'm doing great. This feels weird. Like I'm a guest, like on a podcast. I'm usually the host. Like it, it feels weird, like being in the um, being in the uh, couch for the late night talk show host. It feels uh feels kind of weird. I know, I but it's great. Kind of I'm happy. I'm honored to be on it. Thank you so much, No worries. Man. Appreciate
0: no worries. I appreciate you taking out some of your time. To, uh, of course. To um, so uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, have a different kind of podcast. You know, like off the rails. Is this, this, this those millennial special? Just me doing my kind of cuts, my rants. And I like to have a different kind of interview when I, when I when I like to have more of a conversation. So I don't really sit around and say. I just kind of have bullet points, and then I just want to talk. So um, so first I want to start talking about is the um, the news that broke today. Actually. This well, late last night, if you didn't know while you were sleeping, Woj tweeted that the that the Boston Celtics had conversations with the Brooklyn Nets regarding uh, superstar All Star forward Kevin Durant, and he said it was sent around a package of Jalen Brown, which he which we it was immediately reported that it was like Brooklyn rejected it. I personally think this is a bad move for Brooklyn. I think Jalen Brown is actually one of the few players you could get away with with trading for Kevin Durant because you're never, you're never going to get the equal value. (laughs) So I feel like that Brooklyn kind of blew maybe one of their best deals they could have had. What do you think about this whole situation?
1: I mean, apparently not only does Brooklyn want the moon, they want the stars, they want the heavens, they want the other planets for Kevin Durant because they know that, as great as great of as good of a player as Jalen brown is good of a player as Derek white or marcus smart like or whatever value is they're no they're not going to replace kevin durant and i feel like and we talked about it on my podcast last week ever since that insane king's ransom for a defensive player rudy gobert the market what do you think the market was going to pay for kevin durant like that's absurd like it truly is The that was like a very fair offer. I really thought of like Jalen Brown, Derek White, and like I think it was. I believe it was two first round picks. I believe it was. Mm -hmm. That was a fair offer. But the Brooklyn Nets are saying, okay, we are going to get as much as we can out of it, and Boston's like, there's there's a limit for it. Maybe Brooklyn, maybe Sean Marks, maybe it's just me. Maybe they're thinking, okay. We want Kevin to be here because he signed a four year extension and you immediately want out. Maybe they they want to say to Kevin, despite the fact that everyone want is never going to, apparently at this point, no one's ever going to trade for Kevin Durant from how this is going. I, because the Brooklyn Nets want everything for Kevin Durant there. And, but the thing is teams are not going to cut their cores for Kevin Durant. Like, you cannot – like, for the Suns, the, other, the only other option would work because the Aiton thing went out the door was train for Devin Booker, and you and I and every knowledgeable NBA fan knows that's never going to happen. They're not going to give up a close to superstar Devin Booker for Kevin Durant. That's not going to happen, and the Suns botched their opportunity the other week with DeAndre Aiton. So the Suns thing is pretty much out the door. Um, the Boston Celtics deal, the, this, from what I'm hearing, the Nets want not only Tatum, I mean, not only Jalen Brown, they want white and they want Marcus smart and another player and multiple first round picks. The Nets want everything for Kevin Durant, but even in their right minds, they know they can't replace him. And I think what the Nets are trying to do is they're going to probably say to Kevin Durant, listen. We had you for – you have us for – we have you for four more years, okay? We tried everything. And maybe this is just saying that we want Kevin Durant. Now, I don't think Kevin Durant is going to pout and sit out multiple games wearing Louis Vuitton jackets (laughs) like Ben Simmons does. I don't think he's going to pout. Kevin Durant loves the ball. I I don't think he's going to do that. But from what the Nets are doing, like at this point – Nothing's going to please him like Larry David. There could be a great show that happens and Larry David would be like, eh, eh. <laughs> you know, but that's pretty much how it is and how that goes. Um, and the and I don't it, look from me and you being diehard Laker fans saying we want Kyrie. We're going to hear the same answer every day. Kevin Durant, nothing's going to happen with Kyrie until Kevin Durant's going to get traded. And Kyrie, before even before this whole Lakers stuff happened, he opted into his contract, and he's still technically obligated to be with the Brooklyn Nets, even though the Nets are trying to trade him. I don't know. Let let me ask you this, Jarrell. This is just me, but I might be in the minority of thinking this. If Kevin Durant... Kevin Durant, and from what I've read, that he wants that Dave McMenamin said that maybe there's a point where Kevin Durant requested a trade because of Kyrie. Do you think that the Nets are willing to trade Kyrie regardless of what happens with Kevin Durant? Or do you think, like, we're going to hear the same old cliche, Katie's the first domino to fall before Kyrie Irving. Like, I'm very... I don't know what's going to happen with that.
0: Like, what do you think? I have a two-parter on this overall. I think there's two things. Like, overall, as far as the Kevin Durant situation, I gave a little bit. But I think overall, until I see the baby, like, until I get the trade, I don't want to hear nothing else about any more leaks or any – like, until I see – like, because at the end of the day, I feel like it's just leveraging against something else. Like, I ultimately think that Kyrie is just attached to Kevin Durant as much. As anything else, I think if they ultimately cannot find a deal for him, which is looking like they're not going to. I think they kind of knew this was going to be the it. Ah, now that you say that though, but it makes sense though, because like this whole trade request, it just fell on deaf ears. And now, like, like I mean, I remember when Kobe Bryant said on a Stephen A. Smith show, when he said, I'd rather play on the moon. then then play for the Lakers, and then we told Kobe, go sit your ass down. We're we're, we're not trade anybody. We we asked for Ben Gordon. We asked for Joe Kim Noah. We asked for the entire Bulls roster. We asked for half of the Pistons roster. There was no chance we were going to trade Kobe Bryant. And what happened? We got him a pile of the that same very next offseason. No, I think it was like the
1: trade deadline, like before – that was Kobe's no, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The next deadline. So, yeah, so we went what? to that, that deadline with Kwame Brown, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 Kwame Brown. <laughs> Dude, I gotta watch all about Kwame. Kwame and come at you now. <laughs> I, I, I always
1: think of what Stephen A. Smith says with, with the whole Kwame Brown thing. I mean, that 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 stuff just cracks me up. His whole imitation of Kwame Brown.
0: But uh, that offseason, we end up getting Pascal because of that. And I don't see a move now the the suns made sense because i would have loved to see KD with devin booker as a basketball player, been like, great i love basketball voltron when when any like when kevin durant joined the the warriors it was the basketball offensive voltron we had never seen anything like it so i feel like booker kevin, like it would have been another another basketball voltron and i don't know we're not going to see it I think they're going to tell him to bring your ass back to work. <laughs> and we expect you here for training camp. And I don't think it's going to be. And I, and I think because they know Kevin Durant's psyche, they know there's no half ass in him. Like they know like he's going to be who he is every day. So I just rather you want the same circus, which I thought they kind of wanted to avoid this again. So I don't have to answer your questions, but I, yeah. I, I just I, now, I, I get
1: with you on that one. I mean, Kevin Durant's not, you have to understand, he's not getting any younger. He's going to turn 34 in September and he's coming off and he's only played 90 games in three years, mm-hmm. knock on wood for his, in for his health. Mm-hmm. And I think he's not going to have fast and he knows he, he, the pressure's mounted on him tremendously due to the fact that golden state won a ring without him. And he has yet, to win a ring outside of the warrior shadows. And he wants a one shot to like prove all these naysayers wrong. I do think though, I might, I am in the minority of saying this. I think he wants to, to I think one of the reasons why he requested a trade, I, this has been, I may just be theorizing on this might have to do with Kyrie Irving. Now, David Meneman uttered a similar sentiment on it with ESPN. I do think that he knowing Kevin's psyche, he loves the ball. He doesn't love like anything that goes on like off the court or any headlines or whatever, other than his Twitter burning. And other than him going on social media and Twitter, and just roasting people like to shreds and him going on burner accounts. Like I'm, part of me thinks it was his brother that last shot at Skip Bayless, but that's a whole nother subject for another day. Um, Kevin Durant's, I think really wants to play. Wants to, doesn't want any distractions. And Kyrie Irving is the top. Their game is fit perfectly. But they, if you really think about it, there's two different personalities. One of them just loves the hoop. The other one, but these are the he, friends I, that he
0: attached himself to, though. Like these are right. his friends. You know that he, he attached himself. to. Right,
1: Kevin shows the wrong the wrong partner to go uh, on this journey with. He chose the wrong journeyman. He chose a guy who even said in an interview once, basketball is not the most important thing in the world to me. So I, and from what happened now, look, I give Kyrie Irving this. It was the whole like New York city mandate, whatever, really fucked up their whole, their whole season up. And James Harden coming in, coming out of shape, going into that last year, That didn't really help. Now, when the Nets were struggling, they ultimately gave up and caved in. And Kyrie won. And he was able to come back at the time as a part-time player. And then what happened was they were rolling. They were the number one seed in the East. They just had a great win against the Bulls. And then all of a sudden, KD sprains his MCL. Kyrie's a part-time player. James Harden said, fuck this. I'm just gonna half-ass it. I want to go to Philly and reunite with uh, Daryl Morey. Yeah. And then Kyrie didn't really. That whole vaccine didn't get. Man, they didn't get lifted until like the play-in. And Kevin was pretty sick of Kyrie shenanigans and what he was tr- saying, how he was trying to troll the media, how he didn't, the, how he didn't want to commit himself to the team, unlike how Andrew Wiggins reluctantly committed himself to Golden State. And because even Wigginson on a, on a podcast, he's like, part of me regrets me wanting to get the vaccine to play for the Warriors. Yeah. So Ky- Kyrie, that whole situation really screwed up. And the Celtics were just a better team. Like the, Cel- the Nets had the better two players. The Celtics, if you look at the teams from top to bottom, like the Celtics are, were clearly a better team in every single way. And – it was really no brainer that I picked the Celtics that series and it showed and they played an amazing defense like Kevin Durant. But part of me really said Kevin Durant's better than that. Even against a great defense, he would still put up great numbers and he wasn't himself. Kyrie other than that game one shrunk and he was, we don't know he's a terrible defender. I think to sum this all up, I think Kevin Durant really wants Kyrie Irving gone. I just – I don't think they're not friends anymore. I think they still are friends, but they're not really, I feel like, as close as they were when they first got to Brooklyn. So, if I had to guess, I think Kevin Durant wants Kyrie Irving gone. That's just a bold take of mine, but I think he's pretty fed up with Kyrie. And the Nets, I don't think, are really going to cater to Kyrie Irving's needs of what he wants. Yeah. But look, the Lakers are the only team that's negotiating against the with the Nets. So that's just really how I look at it.
0: Got you. So ultimately, we want to end on this. Um if you had to put it at a percentage, where would where do you see Kevin Durant or however you want to put it, where do you see Kevin Durant opening training camp at?
1: Well, let me just say this. I thought the Celtics deal was actually a pretty good deal, to be honest with you. That was like a very fair offer. But from how the Nets are, do, are thinking right now, they want Kevin Durant badly and they're going to do everything that's possible to do it. Even though Kevin Durant hasn't backed off any trade requests, according to Woj, I'm just going to reluctantly say it and fuck it. I'm thinking he's going to stay with Brooklyn because apparently the Nets, the, the, anybody could offer the moon and the salt and the nets would want the stars, the other planets, and they would want so much. Like they would want the steak, but they want the mashed potatoes, the asparagus Mm -hmm. and the key lime pie for dessert. Like that's what they want right now. If I, I think at this point, the nets are just not going to bite on anybody else's offers. So I'm going to say, yeah, he's going to stay in Brooklyn. But let me ask you this. What do you think of my theory, though, that he wants Kyrie gone regardless? Like, do you think that's a – do you think that's a – I
0: think that there's something to that. I believe that there's a level of understanding that he – that they respect each other as businessmen outside of him. Like, I truly believe that it's like on some – like on the court, it's like, you know, or, or in between, the in, the in the company, however they are, they, they truly don't get involved in each other's dealings. Wow. So I think he, that was more so the fact that he's not going to, he has two players he cannot rely on. Not only, not only does he have to rely on Ben Simmons, who not only abandoned, <laughs> abandoned help. Like, 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 you understand how, how hard it is to have a cog, a two, a one, and just to have somebody to play like a good twenty five points a game. And the fact that Ben Simmons said, "Nah, I'm good on that," and and now he has two players that he don't know what the hell he's gonna get. So I kind of I believe that theory that this is about getting away from. Kyrie Irving. So ultimately, I think the same. I think it's ultimately awesome. he's gonna. Uh, everybody's gonna get back in Brooklyn. But ending on that note, uh, we just wanted to start off with a little bit that everything that's been going on today. NBA is forever a twelve months sport now. Um, I want to talk more about you. I want to talk more about off the dome. You know, um, it. Uh, I've been listening. I've been going through a lot of your old episodes. Um. Uh, listen to the Jeff Perlman interview. Uh, I know your relationship with Raj Markazi, and then oh, yeah, um, what led you like what was the motivation to say, I'm gonna start off the dome? Like, this is what I want to do. Amongst when everybody else is doing it, like, what makes you say, you know what, I'm gonna throw my hat in this ring? <laughs> uh,
1: it's kind of like a nonchalant story if you really look at it. Like, I was with my friends one night. And we were at somebody's house and I was just blubber blabbering, blubber blabbering about stuff about once about like the off season, like during the pandemic that was going on, like before the NBA bubble and the other one we were watching a movie. And I have this weird memory where, you know, the website Rotten Tomatoes, I, uh, I memorize like almost every movie score from every most movies like ever. So that's what happened. Out. And like, get just out. give Get
0: out. Score,
1: Get Out was a ninety-eight percent.
0: Damn, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's
1: how that came about. So like, I love like talk, just talking movies and all that. And they, and my friends are like just spit, fuck it, spare it. You say whatever the fuck's off your mind, you off your head. You should be, you should call it off the dome with Matt G. I was like, really? Okay, so. And that was like when COVID was like the heightened thing, like at where we were all like stuck into our houses and let, with social, social distancing going on. And there was not really much going on. And I had this passion of mine, like eventually at some point in my life, just doing a podcast by myself. I did it at school for the daily line. I, I, did it at camp for my own radio show, my summer camp. And I decided, okay, let's do it. And I decided to talk about the headlines in sports mainly because that's like my passion. I occasionally like to talk about movies, but at some point, maybe one day down the road, I'd love to do a movie podcast, but at my sports are my passion; it's What I love to talk about for better, or for worse, to get my unfiltered takes. Colin Coward and Bill Simmons like inspired me in that sort of way to do a podcast and like both have their own like, sticks what happened and i just wanted to inspire by i was inspired by what two of them did and just kind of wanted to make it my own mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what happened i just said if i want to make this a legit thing why not interview some people in the industry and i've read jeff perlman's books mm-hmm. i read uh his walter payton biography because i'm a chicago bears fan I read his two Laker books, uh, Showtime, um, and I also read uh, Three Ring Circus, the story of the Shaq Kobe book. And I interviewed Markazi because I met him at this virtual sports conference, and we kind of were hitting it off then. And yeah, and I interviewed him, and he's like a very reputable journalist, Mm -hmm. so I had him on. And I would just interview, like, anybody that's, like, in the media so I could, like, pick their brains about because I love focusing on the craft mm-hmm. of making my own niche mm-hmm. to break into this industry. Because if you and, you and I both know this, Jarrell, in order to break into this sort of industry, you have to carve out your own niche mm-hmm. in that sort of way. So that's pretty much what I was trying to do. And it was – and. As it was tough for me to like constantly keep up and doing like uh, podcasts every day. So in order to like get inspired by another one's ideas, I would have a, uh, a mentee of mine, a guy who's gonna be in media school at Illinois. His name's Jordan, bright young kid. Uh, I, he, I consider him to be a, I'm considered a mentor to him. And I'm also considered his debate partner and a guy who I like to uh, debate the shit out of and ultimately humiliate him on all debate shows. <laughs> so that's pretty much how it is. Okay. And, uh, you know, but I'm training him for the smoke one day, but no, he's an all seriousness, he's a good kid. And, uh, and I ultimately said, if I wanted to also do this on the side with my real job yeah. to get paid, uh, I wanted to put myself out there and, hopefully get a sponsorship. And thankfully I was able to do that. Uh, My buddy's uh, company is called Brain Fuel. It's a sports energy drink headlined by Marcus Smart and Spencer Dinwiddie. So I was able to reach out to him for like a sponsorship and I sent him a link for my podcast. And now they're a proud sponsor of our show along with the Anchor app, which is the easiest way to make a podcast. So that's pretty much... It really hope that answers your uh, question.
0: Oh, yeah, no, no, I love it. I love it. Oh, but so while we're on the topic, so you, so you said you're for you're you're living, currently living in Chicago. Yeah. So um, how did you become a Laker fan? Like what, what was the moment? When, when did you, what, you got the bulls in your backyard, the statue of Jordan. I'm pretty sure you see it all the time. All the time. What, what, how did you, what, what was the moment? That you said the, the Lakers is for me. You
1: know, I kind of had that kind of personality where I, I just wanted to be like different from everybody else. And I, it kind of started like say 10, 11 years ago when like everybody was bulls, bulls, bulls. And like I was just come from an environment where personally I just felt like being different, to be honest with you, cheering for the same. I just, my, here's what really happened. My cousin is from LA and is a big Laker fan, big. And Kobe was my idol growing up. And as great as the Bulls were, I just felt really like I needed to like be different from everybody else in that sort of way. I don't know. I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Kobe's my idol. I loved watching Laker games. I loved the organization for what they were. And I said when I was a little kid, Sarah, since seeing my first Laker game, I said, OK, that whole experience was great. I remember the game I went to my first ever Laker game. It was March 2008, and it was against Baron Davis and the, we believe, Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. and that was Kobe's MVP season. And, and just the whole atmosphere. You've been a Staples multiple – well, now it's called the Crypt. But you've been – I call it Staples. Fuck that. <laughs> I call it that is a stupid nickname. But anyways, just the whole atmosphere and, like, the whole history of the Lakers – really was like what made me fall in love with them, to be honest with you. Like the whole history, you look at them or some of legends icons, like magic Shaq, Kobe, will Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, you name it. And now hopefully LeBron, if he, um, I'm sure his name is going to be retired. I mean, he won the fucking championship. He has to be. So it really just started then. And I get a lot of shit for it, but People think, oh, you like him because of Bro- – no, I liked him way before then. And I even even I even I liked him during their baby Laker years when they had Clarkson and Ingram and those kinds of players and Julius Randle. Like I liked watching them. I liked like rooting on a sort of team that was like trying to make up to that historic legendary status. Mm-hmm. So – and then when they – and then they started to develop. They had some nice young talent with Zoe and Kuz. And then they got Bron. I was thinking like, okay, we're gonna we have we're back on the mountaintop now. Some people thought he came there just for basketball, for business or whatever. But I mean, yeah, business obviously. Who would when you go to LA? Of course, you're gonna get involved in business. <laughs> but he wanted to win a championship. I mean, I think he's the greatest player ever playing for the greatest franchise ever. Like that's like an easy sell, really. Like. For us to be great. And then getting Anthony Davis the year after a disappointing season, we were back on the mountaintop winning that championship. And anyone that said, by the way, just a quick point of order. Anyone that says that rings an asterisk title is either a just a Laker hater, yeah. B they just haven't ever experienced it. I don't think those people they're would have said casuals. anything. They're
0: just casuals. Yeah, they're,
1: just they're casuals. fucking casuals. Like everyone said, I everyone says we would have said that had the Clippers won. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. LeBron that's LeBron really like
0: yeah, LeBron haters.
1: That's really what they were. They're all LeBron Laker haters. They wouldn't have said shit have the Clippers, Celtics, Heat, or whatever other team had wanted. Like, they wouldn't have said anything. Those are casuals that don't know basketball. So that's really what – that answers your question. That's kind of how I got involved was, like, my cousin's from L.A. I wanted to be different, and I I loved Kobe, and I loved the Laker organization ever since my first game. And one – some point in my life, I don't know when that's going to be, like, I love to live in Los Angeles and just experience it. Like, it's – it's I it's, was that? it's
0: a lot of traffic.
1: Oh yeah, it's a lot of traffic. I'm never gonna drive there. I'll probably just Uber there, Uber all the time there. But I'm actually going to L.A. to visit my friend there, so it'll be very nice.
0: Okay, so. cool. So, so we're gonna probably end on this. I'm gonna talk about painful subject. Uh, I, I, I didn't think I was gonna end it on this one, but I'm gonna bring it up. The Bears. Oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, Lord. Oh, where, where do I start there? Uh, uh,
0: okay, it's a it's a new day. You know, it's a new day. You know, you got Justin Fields. You know, the Nagy era is finally over. Hallelujah. No more Nagy. Oh, my so, God.
1: Yeah, run it on third and nine. <laughs> run the fucking ball on third and nine. Yeah, absolutely. You got absolutely.
0: Flues. You got my boy Kevin's defensive coordinator because my boy Kevin's a Colt fan. You got his defensive coordinator. And, and you know, so... You cooking with hot grease right now in Chicago? Uh, six wins?
1: Uh, I haven't tried the over under, but I'm probably going to say I'm gonna go under six. So what's the what's the odds right now?
0: Odds? Let me, put them, let me see if I can put them up real quick. Uh, let me see. I can put it up real quick. Bears over under doing a summer fly is it's currently uh it's not even at six wins i think it's just at five. Oh. five a
1: oh, it's all under it is it under is it five and a half or is it just five straight up
0: uh give me a second it is five straight up
1: five straight up uh if i just tell you five is it a push
0: yeah uh, we well, you know what, but I, I'm looking at another one that has, you know what, that's the most accurate one. I'm going to go, is it six and, six and a half? half. I'm
1: going to do under six and a half. I'm just being a realist Chicago Bears fan ever. Like, they just don't have the offensive weapons to contend with the other teams. Like, I really just don't see it. Like, I like the Chiefs receiver. I forgot what Chiefs receiver we got. Uh, Pringle, Byron Pink, Pringle. Mm-hmm. I like him. And I like Darnell and Justin. Like, they're going to be a good combination. I like Montgomery. But they did lose Khalil Mack. And Roquan Smith still hasn't gotten an extension yet, which is fucking bullshit.
0: Because mm-hmm, you should be extended.
1: But, but look, I, I, I just don't really have much expectations for him. You know, Drell, to be honest with you, as much as I love – I'm a Bears fan. But I'm also, like, a big NFL fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I love watching every game possible – and doing fantasy and just betting on it and love talking about yeah. it. Like if I focus my attention just on the bears,
0: then that's <laughs> not really a productive. I reason. hear you. That's, I feel the same way about my Cowboys, man. Like, Oh, honestly, oh okay. I love them. Oh, you I'm picking, them again uh, to win, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Let me tell of you course me. you are. Of course you're picking them to win the Super Bowl. Every me year, me. the same old Cowboy fans
1: me tell don't me. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We got, we got everybody. That's exciting. We got Zeke's coming back healthy. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for Jerry. That, no, you guys –
0: this is the first off season that Dak has been healthy. Okay. Dak wasn't healthy last yeah, off season.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Yeah. I'm going to hear the same old movie. He's going to put up empty. He's going to put up when you're down like 25 plus. He's going to put up 400 plus yards and two touchdowns. That's that's really what I'm going Listen. to see from Prescott. He is, is the classic. Man. He is the classic empty calorie
0: quarterback. The classic MVP. You know, he had he he, uh, he the same amount of wins as uh, as Lamar Jackson. He has the same yeah, amount and I, and like guess that. what? And guess what? Him and Lamar Jackson
1: had the same amount of playoff wins in both their entire careers.
0: Yeah, two. One. Oh, one. Yeah, one and two. One and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Four. true. But, but nobody says shit about Lamar Jackson. Nobody says shit about Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Lamar was an MVP. That probably should have won. MVP before well, he got injured. No, uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 Before he no, no. got injured, I'm telling you. Go back and look at everything before the Patriots game. He was a top five quarterback.
1: No, he was not a top Oh, my God. Oh, that is just biased thinking. No, he was not. No, you You know, that you know look, the- look, okay, look, I'm going – I'm going to tell you all the quarterbacks and you then you tell me if you think Dak Prescott's better than any. Okay. You don't you obviously don't think he's better than Brady. You don't think he's better than Rodgers. Don't think he's better than Mahomes, Josh Allen. Do you think he's better than Joe Joe Burrow? Oh my god. You're thinking about it.
0: You're I, I mean, what do I want? Am I looking at, if I'm going from intangibles, Dakota Rain Prescott, he just has all the intangibles that I want, and he's finally healthy. And I'm just telling you, this is the year. I think mean, well, this is the year. No,
1: really? Would you take, let me ask you this. Would you take him over Justin Herbert?
0: No, 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 right now. Justin's, no, Justin's young, Justin's young. I, I got to factor in age too. I got to factor in age.
1: Okay, would you take him over Lamar?
0: Yes. Yes. What? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. You. You were. To. Yes. you were better than Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, over yeah. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Jack- Prescott is better than Lamar Jackson. No, he's yes. not. I'm.
1: S- no, he's not. Lamar Jackson. It goes lightning quick, and he's the best, one of the best running quarterbacks ever. Like Cam started that trend, but
0: Lamar took it to a whole nother level. I'm gonna put this over the poll- won- I'm gonna put a poll on this for the for the those millennial page. Who's a better quarterback, Dak Prescott, or who, who would you take? Not a better quarterback, is that? Because everybody's okay. gonna say that. I would Lamar. Lamar should.
1: For oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson should be getting a contract extension. Like, he absolutely should. I mean, you want MVP. He won MVP. Yeah. I mean, you have that's sensational. He made multiple Pro Bowls. He won a playoff game. Yes, I give you that. Dak's a more accurate passer. But as far as game-winning drives, as far as a guy I would want in the clutch, as far as a guy like I would want leading, a guy who can make better plays with his legs, I would take Lamar Jackson. And you know what? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Who would you rather take, Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray?
0: Dak Prescott. No,
1: I would not take they Dak
0: Prescott. They had to put a clause in Kyler Murray's contract so he could make sure he watched film. Kyler Murray two. is a They're better deep than Dak Prescott. A- Kyler a- Murray is a
1: better runner than Dak Prescott. Kyler Murray has made has made every Pro Bowl every single of his years. He made all rookie first. He won rookie of the year. Dak Kyler Murray is is more accomplished right now besides the one playoff win. And Dak's been in the league longer than Kyler Murray.
0: This is the year. I'm just telling you. My off to a better I'm start. It is career, the Dak Prescott. I'm giving you a futures bet right now. Cowboys Super Bowl, all right? I'm giving you your futures what, right what, now. What, what? Okay, what What odds do you want me to give you? I mean, what do you think they are?
1: I, I they're probably, they're- like, middle of the road-ish. I mean, like, they might have to be middle of the road Plus because 900? they're – yeah. Plus 900? Okay. Uh, I will give you – how about $20 bet, 20 to win $200? Okay. $200? Noted. Okay. Kevin,
0: Kevin, Kevin, Kevin you, got that? you got that, Kevin? All right. All right. So we're going to wrap it right there. That was the Off the Rails. Off the Rails is back. I want to thank you, Matthew, for coming on, man. I really appreciate the love you've shown us. I really, this is the beginning. This is just the start of the empire.
1: start. Just to start, man. I'm, I'm honored to uh, be a guest on this.
0: Just to start. Once NFL, once the sports get back ramping up, we, we're, it's going to be a monster.
1: It will be a monster. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, uh, let me just uh, – quick point of order. I would rather do Buddy Heal than Miles Turner right now. I think if the Kyrie thing doesn't go – I want us to get Buddy Hill and I think that'd be very good for us.
0: We were talking about that. Facts. So we're going to wrap it right there. That'll be uh, off the rails for uh, for tonight. We appreciate you for joining us. I'm Jarrell. That's Matt. Thank you, Kev, for joining in. We out.